scriptures with me. We're putting God first and believing that he's going to help us accomplish our impossible goals. I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a running coach, and I believe in letting the real you out. I'm Tracy Robbins King, and I'm a creation coach. I am enthusiastic about helping people make incremental progress. And we're three peas in pod as we're entrepreneurs, runners, and podcasters. So there's going to be a lot of nerding out. Episodes drop Monday. Woo woo. Welcome to the 52 Weeks Podcast. You have Melody, Steph, and Tracy here, and we're so excited to talk to you today. Today, we're talking about attachment styles, and the challenge was to figure out your attachment style, and for a bonus, you could learn the attachment style of your spouse or a friend or just another person that you have any kind of relationship with. Who would like to start? I'll start. So um, before this, I watched the the School of Life, some of their videos I watched on attachment styles, and they're actually super interesting. I really, I really enjoyed them. And I thought it was so fun because David, I made him watch the one, like the four minute (laughs) video that I watched with the School of Life about like this, the problem with an an avoidant and an anxious uh, marriage like mine. And so we talked about it and I felt like I mean, we just talked about how we feel like we've actually changed a little bit. Like before, definitely before we got married, I was the avoidant. He was the anxious. And there's definitely still those tendencies in our marriage still. However, I think we're a lot more secure than we've ever, like for both of us, we're a lot more secure. And yet with physical affection, like with physical affection or public physical affection, or just when David wants to just you know, uh, hug me I or just wants to be close. Like sometimes that does, I feel smothered. I feel smothered. Case in point, right before we were recording. <laughs> so <laughs> David comes up and gives Tracy this hug and Tracy's face is just sort of like, uh, and David's all just like, I love you. Like, this is my wife. And it was partially because we just watched the video. So we were laughing about that. That is definitely like still a component in our relationship. And yet at the same time, um, yeah, it's just, it was just like, it's kind of fascinating because I feel like David and I, David is definitely the one who's like affection, love, scratch my back, touch me all the time. And that's also like his, how he's loved, but I think for me, it's like, I just want to get stuff done. Will you help me get stuff done? And so I feel like the kind of the merging of even our love languages and then our like kind of natural tendencies. And I would say I'm actually a mixture of all three. Like I listened to them and I was like, I'm kind of a mixture of all three now, but I definitely favor more of an avoidant style. So interesting. Right. I did. I thought about your and David's relationship because I feel like we've we've talked so much about how like me and David are similar, you and Jacob are similar. And I'm like, this is it. It's the attachment styles. Super interesting. Um, Steph, did you learn your attachment style? So I've gone for a bit that I let's just say I'm trying to be a recovering anxious attacher, um, which is why I would just I feel like. I also am very drawn to the avoidant attachers because they usually 
avoid and ghost. <laughs> There's nothing there, so I don't have to make a decision. But um, so my research actually wasn't like clinical, but it was what the show called Love is Blind. <laughs> And it actually is fascinating. I mean, it's reality TV, so, you know, some is scripted. But I also feel like some people's emotions, you get some jealousy going, and there's real emotions there. Um, So, like, the show is, like, these people meet in these pods, and they just, like, get married based on, like, each other's personalities. And then they meet in real life, and they have time by themselves, and then they bring all the other people into the mix. And so... I was watching it and I saw this girl where she was felt super secure with this guy, but then little comments or he wasn't giving her as much like words of affirmation and stuff, which was her love language. She just started to spiral. And it was like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, honey, stop yourself, stop yourself, stop yourself. And then it was like big, like blow up. And I just, it was fascinating to watch because I think that... A big thing is that I think is a good reminder for me is that like you really I don't know how how to say this, but like when you're relying on someone else to constantly give you that validation and to make you feel secure, that's not lasting. And then it's like no matter what they say, it will flip flop you. And so just watching like this show with these people, because even like after they were engaged, they were like, is this person attracted to me anymore? Like they had all these doubts. And so anyways, it was just a good reminder that everyone sort of goes through these emotions, but when you really are more secure with yourself, um, it sort of lessens the blow. Cause like watching the people on there that just felt confident with themselves, they're like, oh yeah, I like you, you like me, this is gonna work. They weren't like creating all the drama. That's awesome. It makes me think of this um, meme that I saw forever ago, like years ago. And I always think about this and um, I send it to my sister where we're both, I'm anxious or I relate to anxious attachment for sure. I definitely see like bits and pieces of kind of all of them, but definitely relate to anxious most of all. Um, But there's this meme that I sent to my sister and it was like, it was before we were married and it was like me after I get married, like roll over to my partner in bed. And, and I'm like, do you still like me? <laughs> you know? And me and my sister just like thought that meme was so funny. And we're like, yeah, that's totally us. And, you know, and, and I'm like, uh, it's, it's really sad, but it's so true. Like there's been so many times in my marriage where I'm like, Jacob, do you even like me? <laughs> and I'm like, that's terrible to, and, and every time he's like, yes he's like I married you (laughs) of course I like you and and I also um um I know if you guys remember this this was like forever ago like maybe at the beginning of 52 weeks when I was prayer journaling um one of the answers that I got when I was prayer journaling I was feeling really insecure and anxious and I just had a really bad day and one of the answers I got was Jacob loves you and that's something that I I have hung on to throughout my marriage like when I'm feeling really anxious and insecure I always remember like okay Jacob loves me like I have to remind myself like Jacob loves me Jacob loves me and I just like have like made the connections recently like as I've learned about attachment styles and I'm like oh that is so interesting and like what you said stuff like it's really crazy to like 
I like give your your value to another person like yeah you know like that that's crazy um that's crazy to do to give someone that power that is a lot of power to give someone and you know this was just tv but these girls were like bombshells they were successful everything and they're like does this guy even like me anymore and it's like he didn't even have the qualification but I, we do that all the time and even hearing you talk about it in your marriage it's like it, it's just when you're have that anxious it's just wait does this person still love me did i do something that messed it up so they aren't going to love me anymore right, whether that's right. a family relationship friend whatnot romantic yeah like did i do something to mess this up or did they like finally see the real me like I said yeah. and now they know who I really am and now they don't like me anymore you mm-hmm. know it's just it's really interesting were you gonna say something Tracy yeah I was gonna talk about how you both are oldest children and I am oh. and Jacob uh, is also the youngest I actually think there's something to that. I think there's something to the oldest children who uh do a lot in their families they, they do a lot they have a lot of responsibilities uh growing up or they they take care of their younger siblings or they're you know just i think that there's something about being the first child and like getting that attention of your parents a lot of that attention from your parents when they were you know when you're young and and being their only child for a time before there's another sibling or whatever it may be and i think that there is some kind of responsibility and this like oh i want to please i want to like do the things i don't know what it is but i feel like there is some difference between being the oldest child i definitely think there is between being the oldest child and being the youngest or close to the youngest in the in the family i think well and i i definitely can see that but i could also see because my sister, Cassie, who's the youngest, she's anxious. But I think that we've had some similar experiences that m- made us, like, especially in, like, dating and stuff that made us more that way. And so it is interesting that I feel like most people, the oldest child, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's interesting. And, and I think part of the reason why like an avoidant how an avoidant develops i even think at different times i was anxious at different times in my relationships growing through my 20s and i realized i was and i watched all these other men who i fell madly in love with walk away and get married to other people and i literally they broke my heart and I discovered that these men knew how to turn, they knew how to move on and I didn't. And I became a, like, I became a student of how they moved on. I was like, how do these people move on? I, I'm not moving on. And so I think it took some like pretty big heartbreaks at my younger, in my younger twenties that kind of taught me like, okay, you have to move on. And you have to learn how to let things go and you have to learn how to not hold on. (laughs) And like that was, I think it's because I had to like cultivate that from all the dating I did. Do you feel like, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, Tracy, I'm just curious. Do you feel like um, 
some of that, I mean, some of that I'm sure was traumatic. Do you feel like maybe you took that like too far to now you were anxious and now you're avoidant? For sure. Yeah. I think that, I think it became like, so my friend in one of my first podcasts with my friend Holly is that she's like the person who loves the most gives the relationship its potential. And the person who loves the least controls the most. And I, I hate it. Yeah. And honestly, control is not love. Control is not love. Like love is love. And that's why sometimes I feel like anxious kind of get, they just get totally, they can get really flattened in a relationship because they're like, I just like love and love and love. And I like let people step on me or I let these things happen. And then I just feel resentful eventually because I'm like, why did I, you know? And then there's just all this, like, I think a conversation that ensues between and inside of our own brains regarding that behavior. So I think for me, yeah, I definitely swung. I probably did swing a little too far to the like avoidance side and like trying to protect myself because ultimately it's it's a protection. Just like they say about avoidance is that they're actually afraid of abandonment, just like avoidance. I mean, anxious attachments, but they just don't really show it until like the anxious person says they're leaving. Mm, okay, I have so many thoughts. I also read that the anxious attachment style, well, so I read that um, uh, anxious attachment style is fear of abandonment, and then avoidant is fear of intimacy, because they've been hurt. Um, also, so going back to what you were saying about the person who loves most gives the, re the relationship potential, the person who loves the least has the control. I feel like... I guess my question is, okay, so I, I guess I guess you could say the person who loves most is the anxious attachment, who's just giving, 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 they're being stepped on, they can be flattened, right? But is that really love or is that fear? And same with, I've, I listened to some podcasts about avoidant attachment style. I decided to learn about avoidant attachment style before anxious attachment style because I wanted to understand Jacob and where he was coming from. And it's not that they love less, it's just they're scared. And they don't understand what's going on either. They're like, why can't I connect? Why am I pushing them away? Why is this a thing, right? Um, so I don't know, like I, like, is one person really loving more than the other person? Or is it just, you just have different attachment styles and different love language and you just gotta figure it out, you know? Or just like you said, is it really just based on fear? It's not built on love, it's yeah. built on fear, which I, I would say that's true. I would say, yes, you're correct about that. It's, it's more based upon fear than it is upon love. Because if it was love, then it would be, we would be a normal, we would just be a, We'd be secure. secure. We would be so secure. Yes. So moral of the story is replace fear with love. When you're struggling with this, replace fear with love. Yeah. And I think part of it too, just to add on to this, because I feel like, um, like I look at certain, like I look at Steph, for example, and I'm like, I want you to find somebody who's a secure attachment. I want somebody who, 
Like, I want you to be in a secure relationship where you feel like you, you give love, you receive love. Like there's a relationship where that's, that's happening in both directions and you don't have to play all these games and like break your break each other's hearts a million times. And like, I don't you know. It's like you want people to have a secure and happy attachment. And, and I just think there's a lot of people who do, there's a lot of people who do have secure and happy attachments. And I think also the great thing that's always happy about any of this information is that like you can become a different attachment style, like you can totally. develop a different attachment style. So even if you tend to lean towards one, I will say that like the relationship I had before David, like in between one of David and I's break, let's, let's say that in between one of David and I's breaks, I had another relationship and that relationship was with a guy who was also avoidant. And so we were both avoidance and that was a, uh, there was lots of anxiety that we induced in both. So like it, it triggered both the anxious and avoidant over and over again throughout the relationship. So that's, that's a doozy. That one was tough. That's interesting. I feel like one thing worse than like anxious avoidant is avoidant avoidant. That's what I've been learning. That sounds terrible. I also did read, this is really interesting. And then I'll wrap things up here. Sorry. Um, I also read that I saw this on multiple websites. I, the statistics were like between 50 to 70% of people are secure, which so more people are actually secure, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I guess in my eyes, I'm like, Oh, everyone is insecure because social media and movies. Right. But anyways, just kind of interesting. That is, that gives hope. Yeah. Right. And then also the population is avoidant and anxious. So it's like, that's still 50% of the population. (laughs) Yeah. So we're normal. If you're anxious or avoidant, it's normal. And that 50% is probably married because they're secure. So I'm left with all the anxious avoidance. (laughs) Which is a very good point to keep in mind. It's very true. It's very true. You are left with more who are on the two sides than you are with the people who are in the middle. Well, and I think that's why, like, you know, as I've learned in dating, to take things slow, because whether you're anxious or avoidant, then you can just have fun and get to know the person and not feel this, do I like them? I don't want to lead them on. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to get hurt, blah, 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 blah. So just have fun and get to know them. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Easier said than done, but. Amen. Yeah. I just found this so fascinating. Like my, the reason I want to talk about this is because my therapist brought it up. She was like, you should go look at attachment styles. And it was one of those moments where I was like, mind blown, like, whoa, this like puts so many puzzle pieces together. This makes so much sense. And it's just one of those awareness things. Like once you know, once you have more awareness, it's then you can, you can work through it. And honestly, since learning about this, um, I'm being really open here, but Jacob and I, not that this is like a big secret or anything, but um, Jacob and I found this. We learned about attachment styles. We went and did one couple therapy session together, and I feel like like night and day, like we just That's get awesome. each other better. And it's been, um, it just has been so helpful, so helpful. So, anyways, I just want more people to go. The challenge is to go look at your, go figure out your attachment style. Go figure it out. Go research it. Um, and have a mind blowing experience because it will change your life, honestly, to the, to know about this, just, it makes so many things in your life make sense. So. 
That's okay, awesome. Well, we'll wrap up here. Do you guys have anything else that you want to add? Do we want to review our goals or not? Let's, I was trying to decide because I know we're past time. Um, everyone in like one or two sentences, tell us how your goals went and what your goals are for next week. Starting with Steph. Um, I had a goal to like get ready more this week and I did that and it felt nice um, to like do my hair and stuff. And this next week, to be honest, I didn't set a goal so I'm not gonna even pretend that I have something. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that you have lots of goals Steph we we know that you're working on that stuff Steph has like a million habits every day of her life that's all I remember who we deal with here okay um, so mine was to walk more was to walk 6,000 steps and uh, I walked four out of the eight days <laughs> hey 50% 50% crushing it at 50% and I looked back on October I did 50% and I was like, okay, November, let's step it up to 75%. So I have a goal, I'll just move that up. And then I, my other goal was to edit my podcast that has been sitting in my vault and I did. Sweet. Go Tracy. I actually did it and that's a big deal. I'm glad I set goals that I could actually hit, which I feel like hasn't been the case for a while. That's awesome. Go, Tracy. That's a good week. That's a good week. I'm proud of you. 50% guys. Hey, it's better than 0%. Yeah, for sure. Better than 49%. Um, my goal was to figure out my sleep. Go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. And I did, I will say that I honestly feel like I did the best that I could do with this goal this week. I didn't stick to it perfectly, but I figured out why I've been feeling terrible. I've been sleeping too much and I, I've i been trying to like set my circadian rhythm to like, I'm gonna go to bed at this time and wake up at this time. And my body always wakes up before my alarm goes off. So I make myself go back to sleep and wait for my alarm to go off. And I realized that when my body wakes up, I just, my body's done and I've learned that my, my body wakes up after seven and a half hours of sleep every single night. So I'm just going to let myself wake up when I wake up. And I did that today. And I finally, like, I feel good today. I haven't felt good like this in a long time. So good. I figured stuff out. So, um, and then my goal for this week is the same thing. I'm going to try to wake up when I wake up. I think I'm also a seven to seven and a half hour. That's like my, really? goal. that's like my good amount. So that's fun to hear. I'm like, wow, I could work on that. Like, kind of just notice, like, when am I naturally waking up? So, yeah, I guess in my head, I'm like, oh, but I'm, I'm like, I'm an athlete. I'm like training. I need way more sleep than that. But really, my the quality of sleep I learned is way more important than the amount of sleep. So if I if you're getting good quality sleep, seven and a half hours every night, like you're killing it at life. Um, and I was gonna say something, but I forgot. It left me. So. All right. Well, you humans are awesome. Um, I'm talking about you, Steph and Tracy, and also you, whoever is listening. You, Melody. And you're talking about your own self. And about myself, because I love myself. Just like how you should also love yourself. Um, remember to focus on the fire, and we will talk to you guys next week.